everybody, and welcome to Chits and Chat. I am Kaz Gable. And I'm Alex Cruzy. And today we are off to Egypt to dig for treasures and fame and treasures. <laughs> Mostly treasures, but also uh, some notoriety as being a world-famous archaeologist in the game Archaeology, the New Expedition. Uh, this is uh, basically a reprint plus some expansions of the older game, Archaeology. Uh, this is a game designed by Phil Walker-Harding. This came out in 2016, although the original Archaeology came out, and I just had it up and I navigated it away. I think it was like 2008. Do you remember? I cannot remember. You- 2007. <laughs> <laughs> Put you on the spot because I <laughs> I don't remember. It's like, uh, your turn. Hot potato. Uh, 2007. That's what it was. Uh, this is a yeah Phil Walker Hard game published by Asmodee, Z-Man, um, some other publishers over the years. But I believe Z-Man is the one you're going to see right now. Is your copy Z-Man? My copy is Z-Man, yeah. Yeah. Um, so once again, Z-Man picking up an older game and brushing it off and adding some cool stuff to it and re-releasing it, which is nice. They do that uh, fairly often, it seems. Um, uh, yeah, this is a game of pushing your luck and... Uh, testing out whether or not or collecting sets of cards and trying to collect treasures and turn them in are you or sell them i guess um for notoriety and money uh points i guess is what you're actually selling them for is it do they say in their rules if it's like notoriety is that what you're trying to sell them I for think, or is it just i think they're points i i you know i i know i know at <laughs> one point in time i knew what it was but i'm frantically looking through the rule book now seeing what they call them <laughs> I think it must be like like it is. It's definitely points, of course, but it's, I think it's like notoriety because you're turning them in, and the more you have of a certain type, you know, the more points you get. And there's no like mo- monetary symbol. Um, it calls them money. And, it's money. Oh, it does. Oh, wow. Never yeah. mind. You are straight up selling them. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. This is more of the time, uh, like in the '50s. It seems like it's sort of set in the '50s, the heyday of archaeology, kind of Indiana Jones, where it's like you're just as much of a treasure hunter as you are a museum donator, <laughs> a grave robber. So, <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Layman's terms. Could they call me a grave robber? But uh, I'm an archaeologist. <laughs> Um, but anyway, there's some really cool mechanisms in this game. This is Phil Walker Harding's first broadly published game that I'm aware of. And so when we had the opportunity to play it when we were visiting you guys, I was very excited. And um, yeah, there's some there's a lot of elements you've seen in other games. But he once again with Phil Walker Harding, he wraps it up in a very unique and interesting package. So without further ado, let's talk about actually how you play it. And we'll get into our deeper thoughts after that. All right. To play the game. Uh, there is essentially going to be one deck of cards uh depending on how many people you're playing with you might have to remove some of the cards uh there are i think there's one set of treasures the the broken pendants are only for a five player game and the broken tablets are only for a four or five player game but everything else is pretty much included but uh you do have to kind of construct the deck before you do it uh essentially when you set up this deck you in You include all the treasures that can be played for the player count that you're playing for, uh, but you leave out any of the sandstorms, thieves, thefts, as I like to call them, uh, and maps. (laughs) Those need to be left out of the deck. I I accidentally, the first game I played of this, I I included all of them and broke the game completely. So you keep out the sandstorms, thieves, and maps. Leave those out. You shuffle that deck up completely. 
Uh, and then what you're going to do after that uh, is you're going to basically uh, make four, give four face down uh, to each player. I think when we played, I didn't do that. Uh, just to let you know that everyone should start with some cards, but it still works if oh, you don't. Interesting. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah, no, it worked fine. I, I would, it didn't even know worked that. perfectly fine. Uh, but each person should start with four face down. Every person also gets a tent. Uh, it's just a basically a card that's face up that says tent uh, and has a few extra rules on it that you don't really need to know uh, because everyone will just know them. Uh, and then there will be five face up to the market. Uh, so there's just the, a spot in the center where there's going to be five face up. And you kind of group them together with like type treasures. Uh, and then you're going to put a certain amount in X amount uh, next to the monument. Now, uh, in this particular version, the the new expedition version, it comes with uh, six different monuments that you can play with. You'll pick one of them and play with that. I believe in the the original printing of the card based game version, it only came with the Great Pyramid. Uh, when they made this one, they they made five other ones. Uh, so essentially, you're just going to be making either one big pile or possibly two or three different piles with a certain number. The monument itself tells you how many you put in each pile, and, and for some of them, it explains how it works when you actually go to the monument. But I'll, I'll get into that further. So you're just going to put a certain amount in, probably somewhere near like 15 cards face down, somewhere near anywhere there. Uh, so that's how that works. After that is done, then you have a bunch of cards left over uh, that are still shuffled together. What you're going to do is take all of those cards that you didn't put in, so the, the Sandstorm, the Thieves, and the maps, all of the maps will go in, and then a certain amount of Sandstorms and Thieves will go in. The The cards themselves indicate how many should be included depending on the number of uh, players you have in the game. So for example, uh, in a two-player game, you'll have six Sandstorms, whereas a... Uh, Three will have five. A four or five person player game will have uh, four sandstorms in it. And then with thieves, uh, it's the reverse. So uh, it reverse as in reverse of how many uh, magnitude, basically. In a two player game, you'll have four thieves, but up to a five player game will have all ten thieves in it. So, uh, And uh, you'll just include those, shuffle it all up, and the game basically starts from there. Uh, and this is going to be a turn order game, so one person will go, they'll do their stuff, uh, and then they'll eventually pass, and they'll go to the next person's turn. On your turn, the first thing you're going to do is draw one card uh, from the deck, from just the top of the deck. Uh, and depending on what you pull out, things may happen. If you pull out a, a sandstorm, there's going to be a few occurrences that happen you'll basically reveal immediately hey i pulled a sandstorm and then everyone has to decide whether or not they're going to use their tent the tent basically prevents you from feeling the effects of the sandstorm uh, but it's a one-time use thing once you've used it you no longer have a tent for the rest of the game the sandstorm it, what it's going to do is it's going to cause you to lose half of your cards uh and it's a i'm trying to the friendly it's friendly in that way because if you have an odd number of cards you get to keep the extra half of a card so if you had say five cards you'd only lose two of your cards but you get to choose which ones you lose but then again you might not want to lose any of your cards so you'll probably want to use your tent in that case uh, and again you usually have to make a decision well how many sandstorms are left in the deck and do I really want to keep these I don't really like these things but I might that might be useful later so you're just kind of making that decision uh, and you make it in an order going from the person to the left of the person who drew the sandstorm and you also get rid of things anything you get rid of goes 
goes into the marketplace. So it's not gone from the game. It's just uh, scavengers have picked up what you lost uh, and are now selling it back to you. Uh, <laughs> and then after the person has drawn a sandstorm, they still draw another card. So they, your, your turn doesn't end if you draw a sandstorm. You still get something out of the deal. You will always get something. Uh, if you happen to pull out a fifth uh, from the deck, uh, you will put it off to the side and you will steal one resource from another player. Uh, it is your choice who you steal from and it's stolen randomly. You don't get to see what you're taking. You just get to pick something. Uh, and But if you do pull out a thief, that is the end of your draw phase. You don't draw another one to replace it. Uh, if you didn't draw either of those, you you, then you drew a treasure because that's all that's left uh, and then you basically then continue the rest of your turn uh, in the actions you can take in your turn there are three different types of actions you can take you can either uh, trade in the marketplace uh, so there's going to be a bunch of cards out there in the marketplace uh, and you can just kind of trade the value of the the value of the trade is indicated in the upper left corner. It'll usually have like a one, two, three, or four on it. So let's say, for example, I really wanted to get uh, the, the uh, I think it's, what is it called? Like a some uh, parchment scraps, which are all of value one. I could say give up one talisman, which has a value of three, and take three of those uh, parchment scraps. Or I could give up the Pharaoh's Mask, which has a value of four to get... Uh, a talisman which is worth three and a parchment scrap which is worth one whatever you do you can make as many trades in and out as you want just as long as the total values are equal in both ways you, you can't uh, make come off better than you than you gave out uh, going there they're very shrewd marketplace men they're they're quite good at their jobs uh, the other thing that you can do on your turn is you can just sell to a museum any old museum you want to uh, that's basically uh, laying down a set of cards of the same treasure type uh, and on the bottom of the cards, it indicates how much money, as I've just found out, how much money you'll get for them. So, for example, the the broken tablet, if you sell one of them uh, in a set, you'll just get one value of money, one point, whatever you want to call it. If you had two, it's worth two. But if you sell three at one time, uh, then it is worth ten points. So you, most of the time, you want to get as many as you can in there. Uh, but there are a few ones that tend to be a bit more valuable. So, for example, uh, a broken pendant, uh, if one of them is worth three, but two of them is worth 16. Or for the Pharaoh's Mask, which is the most valuable one out there, uh, one of them is worth four points, two of them 15, three of them 30, and four of them, which there are only four in the entire game, is worth 50. But the thing is, since there's so few of them, it's, it's hard to risk not doing it because a sandstorm might come along or someone might steal it from your hand. And so sometimes you're just like, I just got to I just got to get rid of it before someone either steals it or I lose it. This is I just there's too much stress going on. And uh, so you'll usually try and sell things when you feel I think I've pushed it too far and you'll you'll sell them. Then they get placed out. You can't add to a set you've already placed. Uh, so if you if, if you sold your um, your Pharaoh's mask, two Pharaoh's masks, and you get another one, you can't add it to that set. It's got to start a whole new set. Um, also, there's a restriction on how many you can add to a set. Some of them, for example, the parchment scraps, you can only ever sell four in a set. Uh, some of them, I think there's another one that you can sell five of. I don't remember. It's, it's, I think it's pot shards or something like that. Shards of, shards of broken pottery, essentially. 
but yeah, that's that's selling it. And again, you, you can sell as many times as you want on your turn as long as you have cards to sell. Uh, and then the last thing you can do, but you can only do once, is go to that monument that I mentioned before. Uh, and you, in order to do that, you must have a, a map card uh, or possibly multiple map cards depending on the monument that you go to. Some of them require that you just have one. There are a few that require that you have two. Uh, some of them, it's, uh, you know, it's depending on how many maps you want to, to use, you can do it. I think the Great Pyramid, uh, you can get something for one, you can get something for two, and you can get something for three. So sometimes you want to save them. Sometimes it's just like, as soon as I get it, I'm using it so that I can get some things. Uh, and depending on the monument will depend on what types of things you get. So for example, the Great Pyramid, there are three different piles of treasure cards and uh, the one that costs three maps to go to, you have a lot to choose from. In fact, you get eight cards you just get all eight cards uh, so sometimes you're like oh yeah but if you only just want to sell one then you get those two cards uh the i think we played with the mine uh you and me chuck we played with the mine where mm -hmm. there's 15 cards in the deck you just have to play one uh map and then you'll shuffle the card those cards and you'll just draw them one at a time and if the total trade value is ever exceeds five then you miss out so it turns in kind of a, a press your luck type game uh, and there are other ones kind of similar in mechanics or there's just different piles and you kind of look at it and you take what you want and then you put them back there's a lot of different variations on that kind of thing but uh, essentially you give up a map or maps and then you can do something interesting to get more treasures is, is what it turns out to be uh, and that continues until it keeps going around until you're you're basically done with everything that you want to do you pass the turn and it's the next player's turn it keeps going around and around until all of the cards in the deck are gone uh, once all the cards in the deck are gone then all you can do is sell what you have left in your hand uh, you can still make trades essentially the game ends once everyone has passed usually it's basically once everyone has sold their stuff but I guess technically it could end if if people are like I think you're gonna trade something in to get this thing usually people are smart enough to know that uh, yeah I should probably sell this and get at least one point uh, rather than risking not getting that one point uh, whoever has the most money at the end of the game wins the game there we go that is archaeology. Um, yeah, so I feel like Phil Walker Harding is one of the best, it feels like, at layering mechanisms on top of each other that just work so well. <laughs> it's just like little things, little things. I, like, I bet this game started as just a set collection game, and then he's like, well, how can I make it more interesting? <laughs> and then he just added more ways to collect the sets or different ways, the exchanging uh, mechanism, and then... Why not have sandstorms in this game? It just I, I really love this game. This game was so great. I was really excited to play it, like I said before, because I love Phil Walker Harding, and the fact that this was his first big or first published game um, was really exciting. And I was kind of curious because I've played almost every game he's re he's designed, and I've really liked all of them. I'm sure maybe there's one of the four I think I haven't played that are huge stinkers, <laughs> but I was really curious to see. If he started, if he started strong, or he kind of built up to uh, some solid game design, but no, I this is such a great, great game. Um, not having played the original, I think what we were talking about before, what this adds, if you have the original, it's a little different, right? Because this one adds the like the mines, the pyramids, the, the what are they called? Like the expeditions? Is that what it is? The, they're the monuments, or, uh, basically. So they're there's the Great Pyramid, okay. the mine, the tomb, the temple, the Sphinx, and the buried ruins. Those are what come in there. Right. So though it, this the new expedition adds all that. It's basically the 
base game plus these things, which, and honestly, I'm really glad they do. They're such a welcome, like, I would have liked the game anyway, but having those, the few that we played with, because we played with the mine, and we did play with one other, didn't we? I thought we played with one yeah, other Yeah, we one. played with the mine, and we played with uh, the tomb, and the tomb, tomb you yeah. pay a map, and there's two different piles. One pile has seven cards, another pile has eight, uh, and you get, basically, you pay one, and you get to pick one of those two to look at. Uh, and you can keep two from that pile. So it's just like, ooh, I'm probably going to take the one that has a lot of cards, and now I know everything that's in there, and I'm going to take these two out of there. And then someone else might go later and go, you know what? He's probably got everything good out of that. I'll, ta- I'll take from the other pile. Or he, you may have already been there, and they're like, you know, there was still some stuff I wanted to get out of there. And so you'll go back. Yeah. though, And they, like, the, the two that we played with were so well designed. It definitely, like, I feel like Phil Walker Harding's ability is to design simple, but like simple and accessible structures but very on theme and fun to engage with structures they both felt like really cool like the mine like the mine had you just keep drawing cards deeper and deeper in the mine deeper in the mine until something bad happens or you go over the valley or in the mine the world of the what you're doing you i don't know maybe fall down a shaft or something like that or or you get lost in the mine or whatever. You're pushing your luck trying to get deeper in the mine to get better stuff maybe before you lose you lose out. And then the pyramid – or the, not the pyramid, sorry. The um, – uh, what was it again? The uh, – uh, with the piles. What's the other one we played with? We the mines and the uh, – God, I just put it away. <laughs> <laughs> you just, the tombs. just said the it. Tombs. it was immediately out of my mind. <laughs> tombs, yes. And then the tombs is like you know two tombs. You enter in one and you grab the armful of stuff and you run out. And then you're like, all right, I'm going to remember what's there. And, and then you know it's diminishing um, treasures in there as people raid that tomb. That's such a cool on-theme archaeology thing. <laughs> you know, It's such a well-designed addition. So – uh, I'm excited to try out the rest of them. I um, I have ordered this game, and I haven't received it yet, but I'm excited to play it some more. So anyway, I, rave reviews from me for sure. I really, really love this game. It uh, it was such a solid design and such an interesting, fun little game to, to engage with. Um, Let's see what else. Oh yeah, the sandstorm. I just want to mention the sandstorms too. That is that's a that's one of those elements too that didn't have to be in there at all, but it creates a really cool kind of um effect because you have your tent so you always know at least once you're going to be free you don't have to worry about the sandstorms and so you know when they hit you have the decision to make okay do i want to take the penalty from my treasures are they that good do i really care or am i really like riding a razor thin line here and i need the cards that i have because i'm about to do some big move and i don't want to part with them and then i flip my tent um or did I flip my tent too early or should I, you know, there's this really cool decision to make that still, once again, it's not a brain burner where you have to really mull it over. It's more of like how cavalier do I want to be in this game and uh, how risky versus conservative do I want to want to play. And the game structures really allow you several opportunities to, to do that, have that feeling of uh, sticking your neck out a bit more or pulling back and playing the safe game for the or a long game. So there's just so many shifts in tone in this game. But they all really mesh together well and make for a very, very satisfying overall package. Like we played this like what three times in a row when we played it. It was just I think we played it twice. Like, yeah, let's play it again. <laughs> oh, was it only twice? I thought we played three, but we played it twice. Anyway, but it felt, felt like three times. <laughs> it did feel like three. <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah, I just I really, really liked this game a lot. So, uh, what, what was your your experience been taking it out or introing it to people? Uh, I've played this a few times. Uh, the first few times I played it, I played it with uh, with two, with my me and my wife. We took it out, 
we went to some chicken place or something like that. It it worked really <laughs> well. I think I think the the first t- I feel like every time I've played this, I do something wrong. Uh, the first time I set up the deck wrong. Uh, the last few times with you, I didn't hand out the cards. I think that the <laughs> when I started playing with coworkers, uh, I played with a weird mechanic where if you got stolen from, then you got to draw something out of the deck to replace it. I, I think I brought that in from a different game. I uh, every time I play this, I. <laughs> do something wrong uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah every every time it's been really interesting I've, I've liked it uh, once we finally got things right the first time with my wife uh, we played it I think we played probably like three or four times just because we're like the first two times we're like something doesn't seem right or actually the first time we're like something doesn't seem right well, we were never able to go to the monument because all the maps were in the monument uh, so we played it again <laughs> yeah, <not> <laughs> We played it again. It was it was a lot better, and we kind of figured out okay, all right, we can kind of organize this better so it fits on the table more, and uh, you know it, it worked out a lot better. And then we're like, oh, but now we want to try this thing, and you could let's try this monument. How that 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 makes it different. It's really interesting, and we really enjoyed it. And there's a lot of there's a bit of luck to it, uh, which. I guess some people might not like some of the luck. It it depends on how badly the luck goes for you or how good the luck goes for you. Uh, usually, if you get some good luck, you're bound to get hit by some bad luck. I think uh, when I played with my coworkers, I think we played a few five-player games there. Uh, there were some coworkers that are like, you know, I feel like whoever gets the most maps is pretty much going to win the game type of a situation. And it can be. If there's one person who's like, oh, look, I got my third map card and now I get right, to go right. again and get it. And it's just like, well, that kind of tipped the balance a bit. Or if there's like one person person who never gets a map card it, it might hurt them a bit uh or if there's just someone who just keeps getting stolen from every single time it, it can hurt a bit usually people tend to spread that out people i think whenever i play it most people are just like you know what they've been hit a lot i'm not <laughs> going to burn them again i think most of the games we played it it kind of went around the table uh or at the yeah. very least you know if someone was using their maps Chances are they were going to get stolen from pretty soon. So if they didn't sell early enough, they were going to get hit anyway. Uh, But uh, for the most part, people tended to enjoy it. I think my coworkers, a few of them were a bit soured on the fact that luck played a kind of a, a bigger part than they were hoping for uh with me and my wife we've we've really enjoyed it um you know being able to kind of change things up with a different monument every time keeps the game you know fresh in its way uh i think six is is perfectly fine i i think they would have been straining to find uh more interesting monuments than than six but i'm i'm glad it's not just one if it was one i think we would have been like all right well that was that was interesting. That was Whereas now, <laughs> once once you're able, once, if you can change it up just in that slight way, it's really nice. Um, I know there have been a few times where I've taken it out and I've played it with family, and we've had like four person games, and there's always that like that one piece of treasure that's not included, and they're like, "Wait, what? What are those cards that we didn't play with?" I'm like, "It's just another treasure." Like, but I want to play with those. It's just <laughs> like it's just another treasure, and it's only for five player games. So, uh, I, <laughs> so get another th- th- person in here. People are like, "But I want to, I want to get suck every little bit of this game dry." So it, it, it definitely pulls people in. It's, it's simple 
enough to understand. And uh, I think the luck aspect of it is a nice luck aspect. It, it gives people a chance to be like, ooh, you know, it's it's that being able to draw something and be like, this this might be my lucky shot. It's play, a little bit playing the lottery type of a thing. Even going to the monument is a lottery aspect. You could look in the pile and be like, this is just more junk. And that's just yeah, kind of the way it goes. That, it, it's kind of, it's fitting of the theme of, you know, you can you can spend a bunch of money to do a do a dig site and it's just like you're not getting anything and that's that's the interesting thing about it it's it's supposed to have that less luck aspect to it to kind of fit the theme and um I, I i think it works i like it i know that some of my coworkers didn't but uh for for what the game is and for uh about the time that you're going to spend in it i think it's uh, a nice game to play yeah. Yeah. I just, I double down and totally agree with that about on theme. Like I, once again, I th- also think his, one of his abilities is doing very simple mechanisms that feel right on theme. There are some that are more abstract and probably could have been skinned and anything. Um, but this one does, it feels really like perfect. It, it's a light game, but it does feel like you are like risking your, you know, it kind of, kind of Indiana Jones ish where you're risking, yeah. you know, doing this, or maybe I'm going to gather a lot of treasures um, because I'm going to have this huge payoff, but then everyone knows I have a lot of treasures and, uh, and I'm going to be a target for theft. And, and there's, there's so many like little checks and balances in this game that I would definitely agree though, that there is, there is luck in here for sure. And luck can play a role, but um, there are so many checks and balances in this game that, that do offset the luck to a degree and uh, seem to like at least level it out here. So, um, and, and I feel that, you know, you mentioned that your experience, and this is our experience when we played it with you guys as well, where it was just like, all right, yeah, let's play this again. So you're probably going to at least get maybe two plays out of it, if nothing else, just to see another monument and see how that works. Um, and so, you know, between several gameplays, the luck is definitely going to balance out. And it, uh, yeah, it was just, God, it just was so, such a great experience playing this game. I really, really enjoyed it. Um, Let's see. I was going to mention something else. I can't remember what it was. Uh, I think I. I think basically, yeah, it was that. It was just how well on theme it was. <laughs> and um, I just wanted to mention too. I guess how all the treasures are uh, arranged and how each one has a different. You know, the more of a certain type you collect, the better the payoff is. And some of them are um, capped. I mean, like uh, a broken cup. If you get one broken cup, it's worth two. But if you get two broken cups. It's worth 12 of them. Symbology is also great on this game, so you can see on each of your treasures how many there are total of that type of treasure out there. So the cups, there's only six out there, so you can kind of gauge your odds and sort of have a sense of like, oh, well, maybe there aren't the cups that I need out there, or either someone else's or several people are holding on to cups as well. Um, so it's So even though the payoff would be huge for just two of these, Uh, I'm just going to get rid of it. I'm going to pay it out and and make someone's day who might have another one just for the sake of getting something else. And I don't think I ever got a broken – no, I got once. (laughs) In two games, I think I got one broken cup, (laughs) two halves of a broken cup once. And it was very glorious. But (laughs) – I really tend hard. to get a lot of broken cups, although there was the one time your your wife, we were playing with your wife, and she had the strategy because I I had gotten a thief and I stole a broken cup from her. And then one showed up in the oh, marketplace right. and <laughs> just to be just to be spiteful, she's like, well, I'm not letting you have that. And she traded out just to take it out of the game. She's like, I'm not letting you get those points because <laughs> she me, knew William. I had it in my hand. I'm like, dang you. <laughs> And we kind of like because we we're keeping it private because no one, no one else in the game knew what was going on. But like she yeah, kind of gave realize. me a look, and I'm just like, 
Yeah, that was so funny. I, I remember at the end because I, I could sense something was going on over there, but I wasn't quite sure what was happening. But, but yeah, that was really funny. Um, but yeah, that's what's so great too because you kind of have this sense of like you sort of gauge what other people are going for. Like obviously, someone trade the trading is a good. Um, microscope in, into that or a good uh, uh, vision into what other people might be going after. You can bluff with the trading by turning in cards and grabbing other things, or you can use it to offset someone else's strategy. Or it's just a clarification to other players like what you might be going for. And a lot of times the low scoring but high or uh, one item low scoring items, but you collect a bunch of them, pay off really good. Because like, if people are ignoring pot shards, they you can easily get five of them and oh, get yeah. 15 points through five. So I, I know uh, through both games, I think a few of us did that, had at least a collection of pot shards. I think you were going pretty strong on that a couple times uh, in the second game uh, through one of the – it's pot shards and um, – what is the other one that's low scoring? Uh, scrolls, right? Uh, or um, yeah, parchment scraps. Parchments, yeah. And so those those low scoring, uh, or you need a bigger collection, and individually they'll score low. But if you get that fifth one or fourth one for parchments, it suddenly scores quite a bit. And and for a game where um, double digits are huge jumps in score. Those are very, very much worth it, and if people aren't paying attention to that, they can just sort of hand you quite a lot of points, potentially. So, um, yeah, just all around a really fun game. I never felt like I was very restricted. I felt like maybe I was stymied in some ways, but it always felt like there was a path forward and multiple paths forward to continue my strategy in different ways. And just and that's such a great quality, especially in a, a game with a lot going on for a light game. It never felt uh, too much, for sure. Yeah, yeah. It's it's one of those games where each turn you're like, ah, if I can just... There are certain turns where, like, if I just draw the right thing. Or sometimes it's like, just as long as I don't draw a sandstorm or a thief, I'll be fine type of a thing. Right. Or, or the, <laughs> as long as they don't draw a thief, I'll be fine. Like, right. I just need one more value so I can make this trade, so that I can do this awesome thing. And, and I, <laughs> I'd say, like, 50% of the time, the thing you don't want to happen happens. And it's just like, no, right. yeah. no, no, it's all going away. <laughs> Which just is, get around the it's, table. It's, Kind of bad, but it's also like that that tension is just kind of nice for this game. It really is. Yeah, it really It never feels like you get punched in the gut. (laughs) It feels like you get a little sand in your face maybe, and you're like, ah, yeah, curses. And then because it doesn't – the punishing – when it does punish you, it's not severe. It's just more of a, oh, all right, that didn't work. All right, what are we going to do now? (laughs) So, yeah, just, just really, really solid design here. Uh, Okay, well, that's enough uh, drooling over this game. Let's get into (laughs) what it's like to take it out. Um, so archaeology, of course, as we mentioned, is a game played in cards, and it uh, does have a bit of a. I mean, it's not a not a lot of space, but there's going to be a, a central tableau again in this type in this game. Uh, so what you're going to have in the center of the table is you're going to have the uh, treasure market that's out in the center of the table. Next to that is going to be a draw deck, and next to that is probably going to be whatever monument you're playing with. And the monuments are going to vary slightly um, what they're going to have. I know like the, uh, the ones we played with either had one or two decks. Uh, the mine has one deck. The um, I don't know why I keep slipping my mind. The other one we played tomb, with. The, the tomb. tomb. <laughs> the, two, the tomb. Tomb had two. Uh, there are some two. that have three decks. I think the most you're going to have three the decks. Yeah, I believe the pyramid has three um, so anyway, that's going to shift slightly. But basically, what, my point is is that there's going to be a central area 
that is going to be kind of the focus. So this isn't maybe the this might not pass the pizza test in the fact that you really do have a kind of a central area going to be focusing around unless you have a bigger table and can set it aside and still focus around the center of the table um, because that's going to take up a, a bit of space. It's not bad by any means, but it is standard size cards or European size standard cards um, in the middle of the table. And then with the market, those cards are going to be um, – Changing. I mean, there's going to be cards that are added to it, cards that will be pulled away. So it's going to be shifting. So there's a lot of activity at the center of the table. In front of you, you're going to have your tent, either face up or face down if you've used it. And then you're going to have a hand of cards in your hand that is your collection of treasures that you've been searching and, and collecting. And then when you uh, turn them in for money, sell them somewhere, those are going to be placed um, next to you on the table face up and do the rules specify where you if you have to clear show clearly like what you've sold the sets that you have yeah you do you do have to it's you yeah have, you do have to share what you've sold so it's it's almost like you're playing a, a rummy or something like that but you can't play off other people's uh sets essentially Think yeah it that way that makes sense because because this is definitely like especially if there's only there's no cups left in the deck it's not like you're gonna you know they're gonna right. be tricked into yeah, trying it, to find yeah it gives a cup. you a gauge of what's left in the deck to to work from and also kind of like oh gosh should I sell this for what it is should I wait it out if I wait it out I might be able to beat them on score type of a thing so that's that's kind of why they they make it public information yeah. So there's a there is a bit of a table space uh, not not a I wouldn't call it a ho- table hog by any means but there is um, table use <laughs> in this game but I mean we played it I don't think we extended your table for this game did we or maybe we just extended one side I of it I think we had it extended but that was because we were playing a bunch of different games I it, yeah I don't think we needed it to be extended in this particular yeah. case because because they. Um, Alex and his wife have a table that is like they has dual two sided or leaf on each side that you can pull out. It's just a square table without that um, that you can sit around, and we could easily have played on that. So you could you could play this on a high top bar table anywhere as long as you don't have food. And then if you do have food, you probably you need more space depending on what you're eating. But you easily could eat a meal around this game because your personal play area doesn't have much it's you know the collected sets are going to need to be visible like we said uh but your hand of cards is just kind of you know wherever you need it to be until you're looking at it and your tent just has to be somewhere where you can see whether or not you flipped it or not to remind yourself uh if you have it and honestly you can just keep it out and if you if you if you've used it i tend to put it in the box because i often find that if i flip it over i'm sitting there going wait what's this card in front of me is this supposed to go in my hand and i'm like oh wait no it's my tent because the back is exactly the same (laughs) right right yeah, fair enough. <laughs> so I mean, it it's 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 one of those games where with a, it's got a central double that's very active, but you um, can place things around it as long as it's visible and accessible to everybody. It's fairly easily. It's a little bit more busy than some of the other ones we've discussed, but very workable about taking out. Um, on the flip side of that, I would say the the thing that offsets the little bit more than average table space that it takes up is the vibe of this game. The vibe of this game is super fun playing together. It's light enough to allow everyone to have... There's a lot of crosstalk or a lot of communication um, that that can happen and, and did happen with ours just because of the fact that you are kind of jockeying for these treasures in a way and you're aware of... You're trying to be aware of what everyone else may be going for, but you're also aware as their collections grow that they've turned in, you're also aware of that too. And so you're... I don't know. There's just a lot of communication, and the vibe of this game is really, 
really fun. Like you're you are competing, but you're also it's more of a uh, gritting your teeth with a smile type of <laughs> competing. Like you're not aggressively competing. It's always like, <laughs> oh, you got oh you got the cups. Well, congratulations. <laughs> you know, type yeah, of thing. <laughs> it's, it's, there's a lot of like pretending like you you're getting a bunch of junk out of the draw pile, and it's like there. Right. Were, I think there was one time where you like I had one thing in my hand and you took it, and it was that Pharaoh's mask. And I'm like, right. you know, what? if I get a thief, I want to be able to steal it back, type of a thing. So I'm just gonna let him have it for now, and hopefully things. <laughs> turn my way but i'm i am pissed but i'm gonna keep right. that inside and hope things turn around for me <laughs> well and i i couldn't be like yes because then everyone would exactly. be like oh yeah, well we're all going for you <laughs> and i would have to be like oh that was garbage and i'm like yes yes something really good <laughs> so it's a lot of like trying to gate or bluff and and uh you know redirect in the game so it's just a real fun level of that that's happening is all the all the time and you can take that as seriously or as not seriously as you want to but it allows for a lot of interaction in in the game so really great vibe for taking out or playing with it's a group of uh, several people um yeah, that's about it. I mean, uh, art on this game is what you'd expect. It's it's very well done. Uh, if it, it fits the theme perfectly. The the uh, art is referencing, of course, real world items. Um, the pyramids, all the monuments are like reference. Some of them referencing direct real world. Some are the more generic references to like mines and things like that. But um, but it all fits and it all is very colorful, easy to read. Symbology is very good. Um, I really love the fact that they they. The layouts. I mean, I don't know. Just this, there's a lot of small touches on this. There's a lot of art in it, and it's all vi- very vibrant. And there's a lot of small touches that make it very easy to read without reading. Uh, just a quick reference of like numbers and and um, um, uh, on the uh, treasures, and then on. Well, I was just gonna, I was trying to think of something else, but I guess the tent is the only thing really that has like words that you need to read necessarily outside of the instructions for how to use the monument. <clears throat> but just very well designed. Uh, and and fun to interact with. So this is definitely another one too that I think people would be, um, you know, walking by and be like, oh, what are you guys playing? It sort of a, draws the eye. Uh, and yeah. also the backs uh, of the cards are very loud. <laughs> yeah, honestly, it's, 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 it's nice also way, just to loud. say, it is a really easy teach. I think most of the time when I when I bring this one out, most most people don't have a lot of questions. I mean, they may have questions in their head, but as they play it, they kind of figure it out for themselves. It's not one of those games where there's a lot of like wait now what happens when i do this i think it's more of the only questions are like wait what can i do on my turn and it's basically you can do everything on your turn just do as much as you want to do all you want to do and then once you're done pass the turn like that was the only question when we were playing that i think that was the only question that ever came up is now wait when can i sell stuff to any time it's your turn and it's basically as much as you want do as much as you want just do it everything (laughs) everything you want to do do it uh, it's it's not a limiting game. There are some games where it's like, well, first you have to sell, and then you have to do this. And I think that was why you guys were like, well, wait, can I do? Are you sure? I feel like I feel like I should be restricted a lot more. And no, you're completely as long as it's your turn, you can pretty much you have carte blanche uh, to do whatever right. the hell you want as, as long as you're not going to the monument multiple times. That's the only thing that's restricted. So, uh, but it's a it's a fairly easy teach. I don't think I've ever had a time where someone's just like, I don't get it. There's a most of the <laughs> stuff seems pretty pretty obvious uh to people so yeah yeah totally it totally uh i, I definitely get that because i we you taught it to us that first night and we immediately got into it and um that is the funny thing about it as well is that i i can understand that just the sense of like oh wait i so what what stops me from selling? it's like nothing just do as much do whatever you can on your turn just do <laughs> the limit of your abilities on your turn and that's your turn and just and it's that's another thing with this game where it's like ooh, nice all right cool it's not as easy as it sounds but 
I like the freedom. <laughs> um, all right, let's see. Uh, we talked a little bit about who would and would maybe not like this game. I, the the luck, I think, as you mentioned before, is probably the biggest thing. It's not. It's not even that bad. We've definitely covered games that have way more heavier luck swings than this. It just does exist here. So if that is a huge turnoff for you, this may be something that might bother you. But I feel like this is such a solid design that, um, and it's a relatively quick game that. Um, you know, it's not going to be that much of an issue, but but you know, if yeah. it is a huge roadblock, then you know, be aware of it. Honestly, um, I think if you're playing if you're playing out in the five player region, then it's I think those luck swings tend to be a bit more obvious for the person that's not getting hit. Because uh, sure. I think though, I think we're, when I was playing at work, they were all five player games, and so the, the, there's a better chance that you're going to be the you might be the one person who's like, I didn't see any maps. Whereas if you're playing a two, three, or four person game. Chances are you're probably going to see a map or two, and you're you're you'll probably enjoy it, or at the very least, you know, you you get a few thieves to to kind of win back what you've lost. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. I'd like to try this with five. Four is four is really fun, and I I could see it uh, two being a uh, uh, fun as well. But um, I would like to try it with five as soon as I. It arrives at my house. Um, all right, let's see. Uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. Not a lot to to turn people off i would say the game the design if we haven't made the point hard enough previously is really solid it's great to engage with if you've played any games at all you're gonna probably enjoy this and if you're new to games this is actually a pretty great introduction into some of some uh, modern mechanisms and the feel of like modern board games Um, a really good example of um, I'd call it an intro game but it's like more of an I'd see it's kind of like an advanced intro game it's not too complicated to for new players but there are some things that are not that other quote-unquote intro games maybe simplify or or there's a little bit more going on than a stereotypical intro game but i think you could probably call this an intro game uh okay let's see what else uh would your mom like it i huh (laughs) um (laughs) oh i feel like once again this is one where i would say if your mom would play it I feel like she would get into this, but the turnoff would be, well, the, I think the monuments might, well, I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm lost on this one. I feel like the vibe of this game is right up your mom's alley, but I also feel like it would be a bit of a detriment in the in some of the the bluffing. Like, you, there, you're, there's not as much, like, out outbursts of like ha ha <laughs> it's more of like all right keep this on the down low until aha now i played it but until you play that you got to kind of keep it on the down low and i don't think your mom's a huge poker player um and not that this is as serious as poker but i could see her going either way i think your mom would enjoy this game but i don't know if she would be like raring to like get it back on the table i don't know what do you think that was very lukewarm oh, gosh <laughs> i mean watch you finish I think of all the games we've looked at, this is the one where I'm like, I don't know. She, this is tough because I can see her liking this. And I mentioned this; it does kind of have a little bit of a rummy feel because you're kind of collecting sets and you're playing them down as sets, and you're hoping yeah. to get good things. And maybe you can pull something out of the the marketplace uh, type thing to to make what you want. And I don't think she's ever been huge on rummy. My grandmother was was where I learned how to play rummy, so I played that oh, a okay. lot more with her. So I don't think she's huge on rummy, but 
I can see her. I'm. I don't know where to put this. I kind of want to put this between like maybe and maybe no. Uh, but I. I don't have that fine tune of a scale. I'm gonna put this at a maybe, because it's possible she would. Uh, but okay. I. I. I don't know. It's right in the middle. It's chance. I. I. I could easily be very wrong, and she definitely wouldn't want to play this. But it, there are definitely certain aspects, as you mentioned. Like, there are times where you get to kind of go, yeah, I played it. Yeah, suck on it. Although I don't think my mom would <laughs> yeah. actually use that ah, terminology. I have both she'd have, you she'd have your own thing. I'm, I'm sure my family would make up something to yell out. Like, uh, right, you know, right. <laughs> archaeology. Or... Archaeology. <laughs> the new expedition. Sh- my, my guess it would probably be, like, it belongs in a museum. Like, something like that. <laughs> uh, which would make the game way more interesting. So, I'm soon as soon as they'd figure out something to yell, I'm sure she'd enjoy some aspect of it. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna put it at a maybe, as long as the conditions were just right uh, for the right <laughs> thing to yell out. That's that's what I'm gonna go with. All right, perfect. Well, I uh, yeah. All right, cool. We're we're back to kind of kind of being aligned <laughs> in our opinion <laughs> on that. <laughs> all right. Um, all right, everybody. That is archaeology. I uh, once again, I I don't have a slogan, but my excuse. I made up a rhyme this time for my excuse. Wow. And, uh, okay, that yeah. is sad when you when you're thinking more about the excuse <laughs> than the you you had time to think of an excuse. Maybe that's my wheelhouse. Which means technically you had time to think of a slogan. <laughs> I go where my mind takes me. Uh, <laughs> so. Uh, as you know, uh, the uh, previous mention, we both live in the western United States, which are consumed by fire at the moment, and we are both in a cloud of smoke. And so my excuse is why I don't have a slogan is I tried, but these fires are making me tired. There we go. That's pretty good, right? These fires are making me tired. It's a slant sure. rhyme, but it's a rhyme. It's kind of on the on the in the uh, level of these pretzels are making me thirsty, but uh, yeah, exactly. I kind of was thinking that. <laughs> All right, everybody, these fires are making me tired, but uh, this was a really fun game, and I hope um, I hope you guys check this one out. This is uh, archaeology is great. Phil Walker Harding is great in general, um, and uh, we have done a couple of his games before, most notably Sushi Go, and uh, I th- I'm trying to think. Actually, I'm trying to think if we have done. We have we have done one other one. I can't remember what one it was. Oh, it was uh, Silver, Silver and Gold. And gold. Yeah, Silver I, and gold I, I remember that because when I mentioned it, you, you eventually looked up who did it, and you're like, oh, wait, this is Phil Walker Harding? We're doing <laughs> right, that yeah, one. let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm purchasing it now. Um, yes, we did do Silver and Gold, another great one. So, uh, But, yeah, archaeology is just a, just a really deep, uh, deep for a light game game if that makes any sense which it doesn't but i stand by it these fires are making me tired you guys so uh, i deserve some leeway <laughs> all right everyone well thank you so much for listening i hope you guys are getting some games played as well uh, you can get a hold of us of course on twitter or instagram at chits and chat you can also go to our podcast hosting page eavesdrop.com and scroll down to the chits and chat page and fill out our comment form we'd love to hear from you and uh we will all catch you all i'll catch you Catch you all on the next episode. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.